Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Man, I'm glad to be alive right yeah, now. Yeah, you are. I'm not. I'm fu- I, I cannot be Whoops. more upset than <laughs> this damn email system. I am, I'm done with this thing. Gosh, we have this email system at one of my jobs at Shower Man. I'm so tired of it. Every few months, the password thing shuts down the whole computer. My and I got to sit there for a half an hour screwing around. Oh man, alive! Don't email me at that email ever again, people who know me. I'm deleting it today. Sorry, don't care. People, oh, you got to have that for work. No, no, not interested. Thank you very much. I'm hey, laughing. I'm, uh, <laughs> Joe's, I'm like throwing stuff. I, I I can't believe it. I am so mad at this thing. You have no idea. Yeah. Gosh, forget what, what is this today? Everybody's got to have 62,000 emails. You want to email me? Email me at the website, which reminds me, by the way. If you listen to yesterday's show, I got an email today, Joe. A lady mm. sends me in all caps, bold letters. I'm reading the email like, it's, are we okay? Like, what is it? I can't believe you're bashing Fox. I'm like, we were? I'm, re- I'm, I'm digging through my head. I'm like, we best Fox. Hey, what are you? I, 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 I'm over there all the time. I love Fox. What are you talking about? Yeah. So I go back and I, I listen to yesterday's show. Vox, Vox, <laughs> Vox, Victor, Violin, Vox, not Fox, Vox, 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 not Fox, Victor, not Frank. I was talking about how we do facts. And if you go back and listen to yesterday's show at around the 615, 618 mark, I I say we do facts and data here, not like CNN and Vox. Reminds me of Rocky. Oscar X-Ray. Yes, (laughs) please. Vox. Gosh. Vox. It reminded me of Rocky three. He says, uh, yeah, I'm going to make you like tough as uh, nails. And Rocky's like, well, you know, I, I don't like those things. You know, you know, snails. I don't eat those things. He says, nails, Rock. <laughs> no, no, nails, nails. <laughs> oh, man. From now on, I'll say v- v- Vox with a V, not with a. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, a lot to talk about on today's show. Uh, some really astounding reporting done by Aaron Klein over at Breitbart uh, on, a, on a connection that uh, that I, we talked about a long time ago, but really nailed it down. And is Mueller hatching a secret plot here? Uh, it looks like Mueller, Joe, has a contingency plan to move his investigation on, even if he's fired after the midterms. So we'll huh. get to that. All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at iTarget. The iTarget Pro system is the best system out there for increasing your proficiency with a firearm. We love 
love the iTarget system because it allows you to take your dry fire practice to the next level. Dry fire is when you safely, safely at the range, uh, always, always uh, point that firearm in a safe direction, always, safely at the range, you depress the trigger on a safely unloaded weapon that you've checked, checked twice, and you've checked three times to make sure it is in fact unloaded. Why would you pull the trigger on an unloaded weapon at the range? Well, it allows you to practice your trigger pull, your grip, your sight alignment, and your sight picture without worrying about the recoil from a round going off. And it is a very, very effective way. Matter of fact, uh, professional uh, people who do this for a living, competition shooters, dry fire 10 times more than they live fire. I bet you didn't know that. It works. We did it in law enforcement. We did it in the Secret Service Academy. The iTarget Pro system will send you, though, a laser round that you will put in the safely unloaded weapon. And therefore, when you dry fire, it's not going to be any recoil. It's an inert round. But it will emit a laser. And now you can see where the round would have gone because they'll send you a target, too. And you can see exactly where your groupings would have been. It's the best system out there. Go check it out. Go to iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com. That is the letter iTargetPro.com. Use promo code Dan and you'll get 10% off. iTargetPro.com. Okay. So uh, there's a great story at Law and Crime today, Dan Abrams' blog, about Mueller's uh, potential secret plot here to keep his investigation going after this thing ends. And I thought it was a fascinating piece because it... I think there's some confusion about about what could happen here if Trump decides to drop the hammer and starts to get rid of some people and get hold of this out of control investigation and starts, you know, looking at other people. Matter of fact, last night at the rally, Joe, he hinted at a couple of things. Uh, matter of fact, play that cut about what he said about the Clintons, uh, the Hillary Clinton's email investigation last night at the rally. Can have the biggest story about Hillary Clinton. I mean, look at what she's getting away with, but let's see if she gets away with it. Let's see. All I can say this, our Justice Department and our FBI at the top of each, because inside they have incredible people, but our Justice Department and our FBI have to start doing their job and doing it right and doing it now. Folks, Trump knows stuff, okay? Remember what I've told you from the beginning here. You can't, there's a lot of naysayers out there about the Trump team who, uh, even Trump supporters who shockingly think he's getting played. Now, I, I believe a lot of negative stuff is happening to him. Obviously, I believe the Mueller thing is a witch hunt. But you can't on one hand say, listen, this guy was politically astute enough to win the presidency and had enough business uh, acumen to you know earn billions of dollars over the years. But at the same time, believe he's getting played and he's some kind of a dunce in the White House right. when it comes to things like. Uh, the Mueller investigation. He knows what's going on. He knows the levels of Clinton corruption. He knows the levels of Clinton corruption that got waved off by the FBI. And he completely understands that this Mueller probe is out of control. Now, I think I think there's going to be some action on this um, after the midterms. I think he understands, and, and I'll get to in a second, a couple of new angles that came up that make this thing even worse. But I think he understands that it, if, if justice is ever going to be served, something hap- has to happen in that Clinton probe. They were clearly, clearly waved off uh, the FBI, either by the DOJ or by internal bias themselves. Now, the Abrams blog has an interesting angle on this. Uh, apparently, a con- uh, not a contributor, a content uh, producer over there at MSNBC was on the air and suggested that Mueller may be hatching some kind of a plan. This is a suggestion on his part, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that he may be hatching a plot with 
compliant state's attorneys general uh, to move the these investigations, Joe, into the state level courts if Mueller's to be fired and these federal investigations were to were to were to go away. These these witch hunts into Donald Trump. Not heard this yet. No, it's an interesting angle. Now, here's the difference, folks. The number one, Donald Trump cannot pardon uh, anybody at the state level for state level crimes. He can pardon people for federal crimes, but not for state level crimes. So Trump would be in a bit of a pickle here. Now, I don't mean to tell you this to, you know, to, to ruin your Friday at all, but just to get out there the information so you have it to understand the the uh, the the plethora of possibilities available to this anti-Trump uh, witch hunt team out there. Now, that would make for an interesting case of of uh, of I, I guess what well, I don't know what you call justice because it would be no real political ramifications. I mean, think about it. If the attorney general, if, uh, if the attorneys general in New York, uh, in California, and places like Illinois, whatever. And I'm not suggesting they're they're doing this right now. I'm just suggesting to you. Well, New York, they're obviously involved in an anti-Trump thing. But these attorneys general, there would be very few political ramifications. As a matter of fact, it would likely be a political bonus for them, which would be. Horrible because there'd be no remember the, the the whole idea of divided a divided government is that there would be checks and balances vertically and horizontally and that the people would ultimately be the check on the Congress and the presidency by voting them out. Yeah. But if these states are so heavily weighted towards liberal ideology like California and New York and Mueller, if he gets fired, is to seamlessly pass these on to the state's attorney attorneys general, there there will be no political ramifications for the matter of fact, it would probably be a political sales pitch. Look what we did. We engaged in the switch hunt on Trump after Mueller took over. This is a big problem. Um, it's a huge problem, and it goes back to what I said months ago, and it's the reason he should have fired Bob Mueller early on in this investigation when he realized that Bob Mueller was getting out of control. Because now that Mueller, Joe, has gone down this road, subpoenaed all this information. Right. Remember, you, you what's the old uh, Stalinist line there? You show me the man, I'll show you the crime, right? Yeah, that's it. He's gotten so knee deep into this through witness interviews and all this other stuff that he'll find a crime on anyone in the Trump family at this point. We're too far down that road to make all that go away. There's a significant problem. This was a this was a man looking for Trump, not a Mueller, that is not a man looking for a crime. So read the piece. It's in the show notes today. Um, It's interesting. I want to get to some other stuff. uh, But before I do that. Some other stories here to cover today. I just want to get to some news on a Friday uh, because it's there's a lot going down. Uh, there was a study out put out about mass shootings, Joe, that's been parroted by liberals over and over again because, you know, they love to lock, uh, knock the United States, make us look like uh, complete buffoons on the world stage. And there was a study put out there saying that the mass shootings show 31 percent of the mass shootings in the world happen. In the United States. And people looked at this study and, of course, you know, liberals embraced it, saying, look, look how violent we are. I mean, I don't know what mm-hmm. it is with liberals and their this 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 love affair with knocking the country and, and, and uh, you know, sweeping the leg. I just don't understand it. I mean, I understand why they do it, but I can't get into that mindset. I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm a patriot. I don't understand why you would want to knock the place that has given you so much. So the story and the study... John Lott at the Crime Prevention Research Center came out with a counter study showing that this thing is entirely bunk, Joe. Not only is the United States not home to 31% of the world's mass shootings, it is 
let me I'll read to you from the piece because it's it's interesting how they I always love to debunk how they did it so you can tell your liberal friends not only that they're wrong but why they're wrong. The U.S. is home only to 1.43% of the world's, quote, mass shootings show, not 31%. Now, how did the original researcher throw the curveball on this thing and make Americans believe that the United States is a shooting gallery all over the place? Well, this is a quote from the piece. Lankford's study, this is the guy who found that it was 31%. Lankford's study reported that from 1966 to 2012, there were 90 public mass shooters in the United States and 202 in the rest of the world. We find that Lankford's data represented a gross undercount of foreign attacks. Their list contains 1,448 attacks and at least 3,081 shooters outside the United States over just the last 15 years of the period that Lankford examined. We find at least 15 times more mass public shooters than Lankford in less than a third of the number of the year. So you see what he did there? They grossly undercounted the number of worldwide mass shootings whilst keeping the number in the United States relatively elevated, making it look like in comparison to the rest of the world, the United States is this mass shooting gallery here. And of course, liberals jump on it to show that we're a uniquely violent group of people that requires what, Joe? More gun control and more liberal laws. Certainly. it's Folks. You know, I, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know I'm obsessed with doing this. I wake up every morning looking at silly, dopey, liberal talking points and ways and efforts to debunk them. So when I see stories like this, they're important. Because number one, this is a serious issue. It's not a niche topic. I mean, obviously, uh, shootings and deaths in public and mass shootings is not a partisan issue. This is an American public safety issue. But what bothers me about it is the effort by the left to take faulty nonsense spurious data and run with it to paint a picture of their own country that is not in any way corresponding and and commensurate with the reality in our country people know listen if you live in the average town in that you know and you know across america in the heartland anywhere outside of places run by liberals let's be honest folks the chances of you being involved in a mass shooting they do happen but are very very slim right it doesn't correspond with the reality. So hearing that all of the United States is 31% of the world's mass shootings, knowing that there are other places in the world that are criminal bloodbaths, you're like, that can't be right. And of course, it's not. So I have the story up uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the show notes today. It's in the Washington Examiner. It has the quotes. Please check it out. It's worth your time. All right. Uh, another story that I, I'm fascinated with. Now, I brought it up yesterday. But I wanted to talk about it again today because there's a new angle on it from the other side. So, you know about Dick's Sporting Goods. Dick's Sporting Goods decided they thought it would be a good idea to take what they call assault weapons, uh, what Americans call rifles. Assault weapons is a political term. It's not an actual tactical term. Um, it's just nonsense. What assault weapons? I mean, I, I'll never forget the debate I did up in uh, up in Maryland with their now Attorney General Brian Frosch on a show called Square Off, and I asked him. He was running for Attorney General at the time, Frosch, and I said, "You remember, you know Frosch, right, Joe?" Yeah. And I said to him on the air, "I'm like, can you define for me an assault weapon, folks? This guy is a lawyer running for the attorney. He's now he now is the Attorney he General is, yeah. of the State of Maryland. He had no idea. Look at watch the. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. I wish I had the link to it, but you can see him bumbling and stumbling through a definition of what an actual <laughs> assault weapon is because he doesn't know he has no but he wants to ban it i want to ban assault weapons what are they i don't know we gotta ban them so dicks sporting goods 
decided to be a good idea to pull these assault weapons, uh, what they call assault weapons, again, off the shelves, which is nonsense. Dicks. So it's an interesting piece up at the blaze I have in the show notes today where uh, some insider, uh, he's he is actually saying either he's on the board or he, you know, he's an insider for the company, Joe. He was on some of these earnings calls, and he says for the last three quarters, their earning calls, they've said that this will guarantee, this will hurt their business, that the quote is it will hurt their business. Mm -hmm. So they know, internally, understand this, they know that this is a nonsense policy, it's going to hurt their business. It's not going to have a a scintilla of an impact on national crime rates. The Clinton administration's DOJ did a exhaustive study on the quote assault weapons ban, found it had no effect on uh, gun crime. It was a disaster. The policy was a total, complete waste of time. Dix understands this is going to hurt their business, but they do it anyway. Now, I bring that up because this shows that this is an ideological, almost religious-like conviction. It's not a conviction based on reason. They thought they were going to appeal to the snowflake crowd and that the snowflake crowd was going to save them on social media. But the problem, folks, as we're seeing with places like Dix, and I want to add to this today, and places like In-N-Out Burger, which is, they're a good company. Not a, I don't want to conflate them with dicks in the stupid business decision realm. The In-N-Out Burger did the right thing. But I want to point out why these, these boycotts and these business decisions meant to appeal to liberals never, ever work and almost always blow up in their face. Almost every single, remember the Chick-fil-A boycott as we discussed oh, yesterday? Yeah. It just totally blew up in their face. Like, at Chick-fil-A, I wish they were a publicly traded company. I would have bought stock. Anytime you hear, by the way, folks, about a liberal boycott coming up, buy stock in the company immediately. It will almost always, always benefit you financially. They've, a few of them, they've managed to, uh, here and there, they've managed to make a dent and stuff. But anytime there's a liberal boycott, it turns into a boycott for conservatives later. I'm going to get to why in a second here. But In-N-Out Burger, In-N-Out's an interesting story, too, because In-N-Out Burger, which is a, makes a really, really oh, terrific yeah. hamburger, right? Aren't oh, they good? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 now, I, it's a, for me, it's, I don't know, one or two, five guys in In-N-Out. I'm not sure. Some days I'm five guys. Some days I'm In-N-Out. Yeah. But I can tell you, In-N-Out makes a serious burger. Oh, yes. Animal style. <laughs> it's hardcore. You can't go in there and leave and not be like, whoa, that was solid. And it's really uh, well-priced. I mean, In-N-Out has a really terrific business model. Yeah. In-N-Out Burger is an icon in California. You can't, uh, you know, uh, you can't swing a stick without hitting an In-N-Out Burger around California. Well, what happened? In-N-Out Burger made a $25,000 donation to the Republican Party. Keep in mind, In-N-Out has also made donations to business-friendly Democrats as well. But it is a company that that is, you know, they, they've been known to, I don't want to mischaracterize them, so I'm being very careful here. Not that I'm, not that I'm embarrassed at what they do at all. I just don't want to mischaracterize the company. But it's a company that's been known to cherish their moral values let's say they uh, they put some bible verses on some things and the company is it's a it's a it's a it's a good company mm-hmm. and they believe in morals and ethics and not just you know straightforward you know raw business decisions i guess is i don't i'm not I'm, i may not be characterizing them well and I'm, i don't want to hurt them so i'm kind of being delicate there right. but it's a good company full of good people let's leave it at that so, of course, some dopey Democrat so who, who is a member of the Democrat uh, California Party operation over there finds out about this $25,000 donation, even though they've also donated to business-friendly Democrats as well, and over his Twitter account calls for a boycott of In-N-Out Burger. Well, this thing 
has blown up in their face dramatically. Let me read to you from a piece because this is a beautiful thing. All right. This is from uh, a piece at Pilot Online. This is the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party calling out their own guy. Says, uh, yeah, we're not happy that In-N-Out gave the money, but we're not calling for an official boycott. Some guy named Vigna said. Democrats are fired up, and the chair, the guy Bauman, who sent the tweet about the boycott, is definitely giving voice to feeling uh, to a feeling a lot of people have right now. Folks, they are backtracking and trying to get their way out of this so fast. <laughs> By the way, folks, that's not Joe laughing. I get a lot of evil. No. Is that... Is that Muttley? That's Muttley, yeah. Muttley. Every I get a lot of emails about it. It's not Joe laughing. That's Muttley. Because the guy sent me an email the other day. He goes, wow, that sounds like Joe. Like uh, Joe sounds like Muttley. It is Muttley. That's why it sounds like Muttley. Because it's <laughs> it not Muttley. Joe sounding like Muttley. But the Democrats are backtracking their way out of this thing quickly because they realize that, the, by the way, the lines in an Outburger yesterday were, were long. And right. the funny thing is at the end of this pilot online piece, Joe, yeah. this is hysterical. Some, uh, someone's interviewing people for this and they're interviewing some uh, some guy who's eating in an outburger <laughs> and they tell him about the donation. He's like, uh, or he or he hasn't picked up his food yet or something like that. And they're like, hey, how do you feel about this? He's like, yeah, you know, I, I would think I'm a big Democrat. I would think about not eating here again, but I got to get my lunch first. <laughs> so <laughs> think I, it's BS. Good. Now, this speaks to a larger issue. You know, I like to take things out to the... Uh, this 60,000 foot level sometimes. Yeah. Here's the problem, folks. We actually, and I'm not talking about all Democrats here, but I'm talking about liberals when I make this characterization. The reason liberal boycotts almost always not only blow up in their face, but lead to boycotts and, 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 and a really good for business for companies. And the reason conservative boycotts work, I mean, the NFL, Target, Dick's, the list goes on and on. That's why I'm comparing the two now. Mm-hmm. Is because, folks, unlike the far left, not all Democrats, but unlike the far left, we actually believe in this. Liberals don't. But liberals are complete, total hypocrites. You name me the issue, name me any issue, I'll tell you how they're complete hypocrites. What do I mean? When we say things like big R, God-given rights, the right to free speech, the right to self-protection, the right to assemble, the right to petition the government, the right to practice your religion free of government interference. When conservatives, libertarians, when we say this stuff, we mean it. These are institutional bedrock values which guide every one of our actions. We don't believe that government is there in any way to um, give us these rights. We believe they're there only to enforce rights granted to us by God. Liberals, I think, fail to understand that about us. Libs, get this through your skulls. We are not asking for your permission. I don't know where you got that from, why you think that is. We are not asking for your permission. Our rights are granted to us by God. We are not asking we are not coming with hat in hand, begging you for our rights. We're not asking. This is what you don't understand about us. We believe firmly with, with every red blood cell in our, flowing through our veins and arteries. We believe that these are our rights. You have nothing to do with them. Government, all it does is provide an architecture to enshrine what's already ours. The house is ours. The police department may ensure its security in case I'm broken in, but the police department doesn't give us the house. The government does not give us these rights. Liberals seem to think that we're asking them. We believe in this in our hearts. So when you attack those rights, a company like Dick's, and listen, they're free to do what 
whatever they want. They are a free company. I'm not suggesting any government interference. Twitter, all these other companies. I'll be on uh, Tucker Carlson's show tonight talking about this, social media stuff. You want to do it? Go right ahead. But understand that conservatives believe that their freedom of expression, their freedom of self-protection is a God-given right. And if you're going to get in the way, listen to me. Conservatives will never, ever, ever forget. Liberals on it. That's why, and, and to sum up on that part, that's why conservative boycotts are extremely damaging, if not potentially fatal to some businesses. Because once you get in the way of disrespecting American patriotism and the flag of Target, where they decide, well, we're going to let men in the women's room and, you know, people in the heartland like, wait, what? Dicks, well, we're going to pull what we call assault weapons off the shelves and, you know, we're going to get active against America's uh, uh, Americans, big R, God-given rights to self-protection. Conservatives never, ever forget that. Ever. They will never go back. Now, and again, it's because they believe. Liberals, on the other hand, let's address their side of the equation. Liberals call for boycotts all the time. All the time. Again, the In-N-Out Burger is just the latest example. But contrasting what happened to them and what happened to Dix, who's really suffering. We now know on earnings calls, as I just said, that they're acknowledging this is really hurting their business, right? Mm-hmm. In-N-Out Burger was packed. I can almost guarantee you that In-N-Out Burger is going to have, <laughs> almost guaranteed, it's going to have one of its best earning quarters in years. <laughs> because, folks, liberals really don't believe what they say. Again, tell me the issue. Taxes? So, not to go down the laundry list, because I've done this show before, but it's important. Liberals. Whereas conservatives genuinely believe in economic freedom and the lowest tax rates, you know, the Ron curve, right? Humanly possible to finance the constitutional role of government without taking a penny more from their citizens, the very essence of economic freedom. And we stand by it. In other words, we believe in economic freedom for me, for you, for everyone else. And that's how conservatives vote. I wish Republicans would do the same, but that's how conservatives do it. Talking about Republicans up on the Hill, not voters. Liberals don't do that. Liberals will sit there and lecture you over and over about how wonderful big, a big government, heavy tax states are, Joe, over and over, nonstop. Oh, taxes are so wonderful. Gosh, do we love taxes. Taxes are great. Taxes are a philanthropic public good. Taxes, we're going to fix people's health care with higher taxes. We're going to fix everything. without. And what do they do, Joe? Every opportunity they can get, they themselves bail out of paying higher taxes. Uber? Or oh, yeah. taxis. Yeah, right. And then you had Ocasio-Cortez yesterday with that, knocking the taxi <laughs> service, right. And uh, knocking the Uber. Oh, Uber stinks. Meanwhile, we find that on FEC record. She's all over Uber. Boom. This is nonsense. They're hypocrites. They don't believe it. Ask your liberal friends about taxes. Ask them this very simple question. If taxes are a net public good, they result in good things in the end run. And government can spend money better than you can. That's the whole essence of taxation. What else could it be? I'm giving my money to a government official because what? I'm a liberal, right? Pretend you're a liberal for a second. I know it's tough. You have to oh, like dumb no. yourself down a little bit here. <laughs> but you're suggesting that giving your money to a government official, it will be better spent. Isn't what, what else could you be talking about? Ask them then why they don't donate extra money to the government. You can, there's a box to check on the IRS form. If it's a public good, why don't they do it? Now, their answer will be, well, because other people won't do it. But I've told you that's nonsense. (laughs) I don't, I don't, my charitable donations don't depend on what my neighbor does. 
Why? Because I think charity is a public good. Uh, no, listen, I'm not suggesting I, you know, that I, I'm, I should be lauded. I'm not, not lauded for. I, I don't donate enough to charity. I'm, I'm being candid. I wish I donated more, and I'm going to. But my charitable donations now do not depend at all on what my neighbor did, at all, because I think they're a public good. I donate my time. I donate other things. They don't depend on what my neighbor does. So that's a nonsense argument. The left, and I went on a long about that, but name any issue, a gun control. Well, we believe in gun control. Dude, you have bodyguards, these Hollywood elitists. Yeah, but not gun control for me. Yeah. What are you talking about? I meant gun control for you idiots. School choice. Ah, school choice. We're going to drain money from public schools. Dude, your kids go to a private school. You don't even send your kids to public schools. Yeah, but that's different. They're my kids. What do you mean that's different? I, th- I thought you believed in equality, right? Equality for everyone. I mean, this is they're total hypocrites. They don't believe any of this. That's why when a company like in and out when liberals and conser- and uh, and, uh, and Democrats call for a boycott, one, it blows up in their face because conservatives show up right away just to stick it to them. And liberals show up right away because they don't believe it. They don't believe it. They don't believe in anything they say themselves. If they don't believe in it enough to even stay out of the businesses. Because they know this is stupid. I'll give you the perfect example. Then I'm going to move on because I got a lot to cover today. Sorry about the slow opening of the show. I mean it. I, I, I just, I was so frustrated by this email thing. Joe was like, I like, there's like dents in my desk. I have really big knuckles for boxing. There's like five holes in the desk right now for me. I was so beyond. What I say before we start to, to Dan, I take a deep breath now, Dan. A couple deep yeah, breaths. Oh, was I fired up? <laughs> I was really pissed. So my apologies for the beginning of the show. I just, gosh, this email thing drives me. Huh? <laughs> Woo. Yeah, it drives me absolutely nuts. I don't know. What the heck was I even saying there? I just totally <laughs> where I was going with that. Bottom line is they don't believe in what they're talking about. Right. It's hypocritical. It's nonsense. They don't believe it, and they don't believe it enough to stay out of the businesses, but conservatives do. Oh, the last point I was going to make is, uh, I, so I was going in, up to Fox, I don't know, about three weeks ago to do the five. And I fly into the airport, I jump in a cab, and there's a Chick-fil-A. It's actually two, I think on 6th Avenue, two Chick-fil-A's in New York. So the driver, we weren't running late or anything, but, you know, driving through the cross streets of Manhattan is tough and you'll sit there on one street for like 15 minutes. So there's a Chick-fil-A on the corner. I see this line, but I see this line of people and the way this, you know, you move so slow on the cross streets of Manhattan. For those of you who drive there regularly, you know what I mean? And I see this line, but I can only see the end of the line. I don't know what they're lining up for because the Chick-fil-A is on the corner and we're only in the middle of the block. <laughs> so I'm like, what the heck are all these people lining up for? So, of course, you know, in New York, you move like an inch every hour. So inch up, inch up. And we get closer. And I'm like, what is it? I can see the red Chick-fil-A. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's Chick-fil-A. And I laughed. I laughed. I think I even said to the driver, I'm like, this is hysterical. Like the most liberal place in America, Manhattan or one of them, probably maybe behind San Francisco or whatever. But the most liberal place in the world and the chick-fil-a is packed you know why they make a good chicken sandwich and liberals don't believe this stuff they're totally completely hypocrites they don't believe it they they, you know and thank god they don't they don't believe it they're all hypocrites john Kerry, we don't need to pay higher taxes john you parked your boat in rhode island to avoid tax yeah but not me i don't need to pay higher tax what are you talking about oh such frauds the line was down the block. I'll never forget that. I'm like, what are we looking at? What are they lining up for? Are they giving away uh, free gold bullion? No, they're, uh, they're selling chicken sandwiches. Not a chicken alive anywhere near uh, Manhattan after that one. All right. Uh, I guess 
<laughs> oh, we're off the rails today completely. Friday, it's Friday, folks. Get a weekend off. We'll do a Labor Day show, by the way, on Monday, so it'll be a normal time. Don't you worry. We don't. Uh, Joe and I don't take days off. We love you too much. We don't want to mm. lose our audience. Okay, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Lending Club. Lending Club, listen, for decades, credit cards have been telling us, buy it now and pay for it later and pay the interest too. No good. Definitely not good. It's the quickest way to fall, find yourself in a real uh, bankruptcy black hole. Despite your best intentions, uh, that interest can get out of control fast. In some cases, real fast, depending on how high that balance is. With Lending Club, you can consolidate your debt or pay off credit cards with one fixed monthly payment. Since 2007, Lending Club has helped millions of people regain control of their finances with affordable, fixed-rate personal loans. No trips to a bank, no high-interest credit cards. Just go to LendingClub.com, tell them about yourself and how much you want to borrow, pick the terms that are right for you, and if you're approved, your loan is automatically deposited into your bank account in as little as a few days. How easy is that? Lending Club is the number one peer-to-peer lending platform with over $35 billion in loans issued. We love Lending Club. Check them out. It's a great company. Go to LendingClub.com slash Dan. That's LendingClub.com slash Dan. Check your rates in minutes. Check your rate in minutes and borrow up to $40,000. That's LendingClub.com slash Dan. LendingClub.com slash Dan. All loans made by WebBank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Check them out. We love Lending Club. Thanks for joining the team, guys. Okay, uh, poor wife's always going to deal with me. <laughs> so Aaron Klein at Breitbart has a just mind-blowing article again, uh, pointing out something we've been leading down this path for a long time now about the, the how this whole thing is a huge setup, how this Trump team got screwed massively from the beginning. And I keep telling you, one of the reasons they keep focusing the Democrats and the media, you always know you're over the target with them with the backlash, right? Yeah. One of the key things they keep focusing on is what? This Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr. Oh, they, these Russians met with Don Jr. and Paul Manafort at Trump Tower in 2016 in June. This is evidence of collusion. Folks, I have told you from the beginning, this meeting is absolutely devastating. But, 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 but. it's not devastating for the Trump team. It's devastating for the Clinton team and the Justice Department because the people who show up for this meeting are deeply tied to the Clintons. Deeply tied. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a setup. I'm telling you this was a setup. You see this piece at the show notes today by Aaron Klein. It's fantastic. Let me just read to you. Uh, uh, This is the opening of the piece. Check it out in the show notes at Bongino.com. Thanks for all the web traffic, by the way. It's been absolutely terrific. Now, I've gone into this in the past, how the players at the meeting are all deeply tied to either Hillary Clinton or entities tied to Hillary Clinton. So uh, apparently Klein got his hands on some information that was presented to the Senate committee. So that the people that show up to the meeting, right? Natalia Veselnitskaya, the Russian lawyer, Renat Akhmetshin, a former, uh, a Russian connected deeply to their intelligence operation, and a, a a translator with connections to the State Department, even was Hil- even when Hillary was there. All of these three players have substantial ties to people connected to Hillary Clinton. But Klein's revelation is this: this is interesting. He talks about this correspondence presented to Senate investigators. Mm-hmm. 
The correspondence is part of a series of exhibits provided to Senate investigators and reviewed by Breitbart News, which took place in the weeks leading up to the Trump Tower meeting. This is fascinating. Earlier this week, Breitbart News cited witness testimony saying Lieberman. Now, who's Lieberman? Lieberman is the attorney. This guy named Ed Lieberman is the attorney for the Russian former intel officer connected guy that shows up to this Trump Tower meeting. So Lieberman's the attorney. Let me read that again. Breitbart News cited witness testimony saying Lieberman was present at one and possibly two dinner meetings between the controversial Fusion GPS firm and key participants in the infamous June 2016 (laughs) Trump Tower meeting. Also, Lieberman met with one Russian participant the same day of the Trump Tower meeting, according to separate testimony. Why does this matter, folks? Folks, Ed Lieberman's wife was on Bill Clinton's staff. Matter of fact, was involved in the Lewinsky case. Do you believe this? So now, now I this is not a new connection for for if you've been listening to the show. This connection was made here a long time ago. So what's new about it? What's the new information in the Breitbart piece, Joe? Aaron Klein has a has actual photos in the piece of email logs from Lieberman to the participants in this meeting, guys. What have I been telling you forever? I'm telling you this was a setup. This from the start was a setup. Here's what I think happened. This is all starting to come together now. This will be quick because then I want to just bounce out to some new information that came out yesterday in some hearings too, which is also important. But this is why this is critically important. Here's what I think happened here. Fusion GPS, which is the company hired by the Clinton team to go gin up the info on Trump. Keep in mind, always, don't ever forget this. They're all, Fusion GPS is working on another case as well. They are working on an effort to get rid of the Magnitsky Act. The Magnitsky Act is a Ben Cardin, United States Senator, who I ran against, ironically, effort to sanction Russians involved in the death of Sergei Magnitsky from doing business and entering the United States. It's called the Magnitsky Act. Why do the Russians want to get rid of Magnitsky? Well, obviously, because Russian-connected oligarchs were prohibited from doing business and traveling to the United States. So they, they, they don't, no one wants to be on that list. So please track where I'm going with this. Fusion GPS is not only working for Hillary to gin up information on Trump. They're working for the Russians as well to get rid of Magnitsky. These are two tracks. Of, they're taking money at the same time from Russian interests getting rid of Magnitsky and also from Hillary Clinton. So what happens here? This Trump Tower meeting that they try to get, the Russian lawyer through the British publicist, serves two purposes for them. Now is it making sense? Why Fusion GPS, this Trump Tower meeting in June, is such a winner for them? They pitch to the Trump team through a British publicist. Hey, we got this information on Hillary. Don Jr., please meet with these Russians. They got all this negative information on Hillary. Now, Don, again, I know I think I'm, I'm, I don't think I know Don Jr. If they go back and change it, obviously would not take the meeting again. It was a bad idea. Was right. it criminal? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Bad idea. Yes. Point stipulated. Having said that, you know, I, I'm not providing cover for I know it's it, 
it may sound that way, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm willing to accept the heat. I really believe Don Jr. was just being a good guy. He thought, all right, whatever. His buddy, this guy Goldstone, sends him an email. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Well, take the meeting, whatever. You can tell by his, you know, by the way they, they talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems like he's taking the information from this friend. They take the meeting, right? This meeting serves a twofold purpose for fusion. They kill two birds with one stone here. Why? Joe, they don't have any information on Hillary to pass. Mm-hmm. How do we know that? Because when they show up at the meeting with Don Jr., the Fusion GPS uh, a team of Akhmetshin and uh, Veselnitskaya, who are con- Veselnitskaya is connected to Fusion GPS, when they show up at the meeting, they don't say anything about Hillary Clinton because they don't have anything. Right. So purpose number one, Get the meeting with Don Jr. When you get the meeting, even though you don't have anything on Hillary, use the meeting to show, look, this was attempted collusion. Now, keep in mind, collusion, although it didn't even happen in this case, it's not a crime, but attempted collusion is even less of a crime. But do you understand the two purposes here? I'm going to get to the second one in a minute. Purpose number one, if we can get this meeting under the guise, under the guise that it's about Hillary Clinton's emails, We've got them hook, line, and sinker because we can go back later on in insurance policy and say, look, they were attempting to collude with Russians. Now, they didn't have any information on Hillary. So what's the second purpose of the meeting for them? The second purpose of the meeting for them is once they get in the room, even though they have nothing on Hillary, they might as well take advantage of the opportunity with the president's kid and at that time an influential member of his campaign, Paul Manafort Show. And what did they start talking about in the meeting? Magnitsky. That Fusion GPS is taking money from Russian connected interests to get rid of that too. This was a two birds with one stone thing. Now does this make sense? This is beautiful. Now, through this email, email exchange log between Lieberman, who's unquestionably connected to the Clintons and who's acting as a lawyer from one of the participants in the meeting, Akhmetshin, the former you know, Russian-connected intel guy, it is a long stretch for me not to believe that this guy whose wife was a close, close confederate, a close companion of, of the Clinton family, that this guy is not passing information back to the Clintons is, is outrageous. It's, it's, it's strange credulity. Not to mention Fusion GPS, who's working for the Clintons, clearly knows about the meeting because they meet with the participants of the meeting before and after. And now, at least according to this reporting, it looks like this guy Lieberman, who is intimately familiar with the Clintons, is meeting with them and emailing them too. Folks, this is a critical component of the debunking of the entire Russian hoax. They are using this Trump Tower meeting to prove attempted collusion. That they, The fact that Don Trump Jr. took the meeting. Keep in mind, they are doing this because they're hiding the real intent of the meeting, which is their corruption, not the Trump, not the Trump teams. This meeting clearly had a twofold purpose. Set up the Trumps later on in case they won the election to be able to say, look, they took the meeting, attempted collusion. And number two, lobby against Magnitsky, which Fusion was being paid for. That's the whole purpose of the meet. That's why this meeting was such a beauty for them. This was this thing fit checked so many different boxes. 
Joe, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Is this yeah. crystal clear? Yes, it's very clear. Yeah. Now, we've mentioned Doc Metchin and his ties to Lieberman in the past, Lieberman's ties to the Clintons. But read the Klein piece in Breitbart today and just look at the screenshots. This guy connected to the Clinton orbit is emailing everybody involved. Fusion GPS, Akmetshin. He's all over this thing. Meeting with them before, meeting with them during. There's even an allegation in there that Lieberman met with Akmetshin after the meeting. What do you think that was about? Oh, man, I can't believe suckers are still falling for this thing. All right, I got another angle on this came out yesterday, which is really interesting. But uh, again, I always appreciate your patience. We have great sponsors. They love to be here. They love talking to you. Um, and I appreciate all your support of our sponsors. It means a lot to me. Uh, ExpressVPN, ExpressVPN. With all the recent news about online security breaches, it's hard not to worry about where your data goes. Making an online purchase or simply accessing your email could put your private information at risk. I saw a lot of this when my, my prior line of work, when we did electronic crimes. You're being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, and your mobile or internet provider. Who wants that? Not only can they record your browsing history, but they often sell it to other corporations who want to profit from your information. Did you see that thing about Yahoo, by the way, and their mail scanning emails and stuff? That was crazy. That's why I decided to take back my privacy by using ExpressVPN, and I love it. ExpressVPN is easy to use apps. Even I can, I'm not a tech guy at all. I figured this out in two seconds. Uh, ExpressVPN is easy to use apps that run seamlessly in the background on my computer, phone, and tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. It's that simple. ExpressVPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing history by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. You don't want people seeing that. Protect yourself with ExpressVPN, and protecting yourself only costs less than $7 a month. It's a good investment. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is the solution. And if you don't want to hand over your online history to your internet provider or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. Here's what you do. Protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. expressvpn.com slash Bongino for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Bongino to learn more. That's a V. Vs have been very prominent today, given the intro to the show. Yeah. Vox. If, by the way, just one last thing on that. If you ever, I love Fox. I can't say that enough. I love the people there. I have friends there. If you ever are confused about that again, please email me the question before you start attacking me. <laughs> I'm reading that this morning like, I went after Fox. This is crazy. Did I? <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Oh, man. I get a lot of emails. I enjoy them. They're, they're fun. My wife and I both like reading them. Okay. Catherine Harridge, Fox News. Another great report today. Uh, having the show notes at Bongino.com. She does uh, really amazing work. Uh, I actually have never... Uh, if I met I'm not, of the, all the people at Fox, you run into most of them in the green room. You know, they have two big studios. Well, they have studios all over, but the yeah. big ones are in Washington, D.C. and New York. And when you're hanging out in the green room um, before a show, you pretty much run into everybody. They come in and people got to do hair and makeup. And uh, But I don't think I've ever run into her. But she does some really terrific work. I have a piece up by her at foxnews.com at the show notes today. I strongly recommend you read because... Br- <laughs> 
Joe. <laughs> Bruce Orr, right? Yeah. Bruce Orr, the justice. Remember how I always refer to the Spygate scandal? It's actually three sub-scandals. An information laundering operation to clean mm-hmm. the money, to clean the information. They were getting shady information. They had to clean it. The spying operation on Trump through Halper and others and the Trump team and the two Hopper rule. And the framing and the setup of Donald Trump, which we just addressed through the Trump Tower meeting. So we just hit part number three of that, just to be clear where we are. Back to part number one, the information laundering scandal. They knew they were getting bad information from Fusion GPS and Steel. They knew it. Why? Because now Catherine Herridge piece confirms it. Her sources are saying that Bruce Orr went behind doors and up on the hill, Joe, and threw everybody under the bus. Everybody. Everybody's going down. This is it. Everybody's about to take a fall. I think Bruce Orr knows he is in deep trouble. I think he knows his wife is in deep trouble. I'm going to get to some of the reasons in a minute. But Bruce Orr knows he's in deep trouble. So he is chucking everybody under the bus as soon as possible to get himself either out of trouble or to say, hey, if I'm going down, you all are coming with me. So what happened yesterday? Or or said, in the te- according to Herridge's sources, or, uh, Catherine Herridge, or, or said in the testimony yesterday, that he had warned off FBI and DOJ officials that the information he was getting from Christopher Steele, you know, the dossier, all the negative stuff on Trump, yeah. that it may in fact be suspect. Folks, that may seem like a small thing because if you're a listener to the show, you know, of course, the information was suspect. It was crap information. It was wrong. The dossier is just gut junk. I mean, Joe and I could make up a dossier tomorrow on, on, on whoever and just it, it's junk. It's garbage. It was made up. But the fact that the Justice Department official, the number four guy, Bruce Orr, who was talking to Christopher Steele, who created the dossier after the FBI fired him, relaying the information to the FBI. And now Orr says he was telling the FBI, hey, listen, the information may be suspect in the dossier and here's why. And they still used it. Joe, they'd already fired Steele. They already fired him for lying about his press context. Now you fire him. Now you're taking his information again to a Justice Department guy who is telling you, who is telling you that the information is suspect and you still used it. Folks, this is devastating information. They've got it now from Orr himself or saying, I warned them. Do you understand how much trouble these bureau guys are in and these DOJ guys for walking in? Now do you see why uh, Rod Rosenstein and Sally Yates signing off on these FISA warrants without double and triple checking the information despite the Woods procedure requirements to do so? Now do you understand why they are in so much trouble and what happened yesterday is so devastating? Orr has now implicated everybody in this. Instead of Orr taking the fall himself, Joe, and Orr coming out saying, listen, I got the information. I, it was, it was, you know, it was shady. I should have said it was shady. I didn't. I didn't tell him who I was getting it from. I just said it was a reliable source. Or would have taken the fall himself. My wife was working at Fusion GPS. I should have warned everybody off. He didn't do that. They all knew. They knew about his wife at Fusion GPS. They knew the information he was getting was shady, and they ran with it and swore to it anyway. This is devastating stuff. Now. Also in this explosive report by Herridge, it's short, it's sweet, it's worth your time. Or also admits that, Joe, this one is like, I read this. I'm like, please, for the sake of the country, please tell me this is false. Mm. 
it's not. Apparently, Orr behind closed doors also admitted that he was in regular communication with Andrew Weissman, too, while he was at the Justice Department. Now, I don't know if that, if you remember the names, like I always ask you to. If you do, right now you're scratching your head going, are you kidding me? Andrew Weissman was a Justice Department official being briefed by Bruce Orr. Who is Andrew Weissman now? Hmm. What's he doing now? Oh, he's Bob Mueller's pit bull. He's the lead investigator on Bob Mueller's witch hunt team. So let me me just be clear what I'm telling you here. Andrew Weissman is now investigating Donald Trump as Bob Mueller's lead investigator, despite being a Justice Department lawyer who was being briefed by Bruce Orr, who was being briefed by a widely discredited and fired FBI source who Bruce Orr wasn't even sure was credible. And now Weissman is investigating Trump for Russian collusion charges that originated with a source Bruce Orr was using when Bruce Orr wasn't even sure the source was telling the truth. Folks, do you believe this scam? Holy cow. Now, 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 just to be clear, because I know some of you are getting frustrated. I understand. I am too. I, I believe the calls after the election for a second special counsel will get overwhelming. I believe if there's not some action immediately, immediately after these midterms, because people are distracted now and there's that um, 60-day rule by the Justice Department for announcing, um, there's a general uh, rule in the Justice Department uh, that you're not supposed to announce uh, election potentially election interfering information 60 days before an election. I don't, th- so ju- I'm just asking you here. I, I, I know I've just be patient till the election because it's, it's not the justice department's, there's a rule in place there, but if there's not action immediately after the midterms, I expect that sessions will probably be fired. Rosenstein may be fired as well. And they may say to Huber, listen, if there's not, if, you, if you're not, if you're not busy and actually doing your job and investigating, it's time to move on. We're going to have to find someone else and get a special counsel because now this is overwhelming. Weissman should resign Joe immediately. Mueller should get rid of all his corrupted uh, and, and, and conflicted uh, attorneys on this case. This is a Mueller should be fired right after the after the midterms. This case is a total disgrace. It's a total embarrassment. Listen to what I just told you. The lead investigator on Mueller's case was being briefed by a guy in the Justice Department who had no nexus to this case at all, who on his own had his wife working for a company, working for the Clintons and was taking information from a source who fabricated this whole collusion thing and fed it to Weissman while Weissman is using the collusion thing to investigate Trump. I know, Chewy. It's unbelievable. And people and liberals out there, Joe, still defend this thing. They still it just goes to show how corrupt and tyrannical these liberals are. They are so corrupt. It is just astounding that you can support this disaster. Now, just a couple quick points and we'll roll for the weekend. Why is this so devastating? And when I say this, I mean or taking information from Steele after he was fired, acknowledging to people it was probably not true, mm-hmm. that it was suspect, acknowledging that Steele's motives were probably just a dislike of Trump, and then using the information anyway. Well, it's a BFD. Because in the FISA applications to spy on Trump, there are three things missing. 
that are unquestionable material facts that this judge should have been informed of and that FBI agents and DOJ officials signed off on. Number one thing missing. There is no mention of Bruce Orr at all, according to people who've seen the applications. None. When Trump declassifies this, that's going to be devastating. So let's be clear on this. Steele's talking to Orr. You're using the information in the FISA warrant, but nobody mentions in the FISA warrant that it came from Orr, whose wife is working for the company, being paid to get the information? That's kind of important. There's no mention anywhere of Hillary Clinton paying for this information in the FISA warrant. There is also no mention anywhere in the FISA applications of Steele's statements to Orr, which he took notes on, Joe, saying how much he hated Donald Trump and wanted him not to be elected president. Astounding. Three incredibly important material facts omitted from the FISA applications to spy on the Trump team. Now, I want to leave you with this. The Dems are trying to spin this. Because that's what they do, Joe. The Democrats realize they are in deep, deep trouble here. Mm. So if you read the end of the Catherine Herridge piece, I strongly encourage you to check it out. It's really good. The Democrats, the gist of their spin was, well, this isn't a big deal, Joe, even though Orr was the number four at justice. It really wasn't his job to vet the information. It wasn't his job to vet the information? Yeah, no kidding. It was the FBI agents at DOJ who already knew Orr's source because Orr told them they already knew he'd been fired. Why? Because they fired him. This is the best defense you have? Well, Orr was just getting information from Steele and he had no capacity to vet it, so he passed it on to the FBI. What? In the course of 12 meetings? The FBI debriefed Orr 12 times. There's records of it. At some point, do you think the FBI in those in the records of that meeting, Joe, do you think the FBI should have said to Bruce Orr, hey, you know, we fired this guy because he lied to us before. And even worse, Orr's telling them I don't even trust the information. And yet they still continue to get it from Steele. This is the best you've got. No kidding. It wasn't Orr's job to vet the information. It was the FBI's, the same FBI, by the way, that fired Steele. While you were, they were still getting information from him later on through Orr. This is, do you, I mean, this is so stupid of a defense. It's hard for me to explain it to you. You want, please tell me you get this. The <laughs> FBI's, the, the the Democrats realize they're in a bind here, so they're saying, well, Orr was an investigator, he's a DOJ lawyer. The FBI was. The FBI fired Steele. They already knew that he was fired, and they still went back to use him through Orr. That's not a defense. That's an indictment. Unbelievable. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I got a great article up at the show notes, too, also from Bongino.com. Matt Palumbo, regardless of your position on foreign policy, the fact should be uh, relevant. And Matt has a really great piece on the real uh, records on Russia, Trump versus Obama. You know, uh, listen, the fact should matter. And I think you'll see clearly that whether you believe in uh, a more nationalist uh, foreign policy or a more globalist foreign policy, I think you know where I stand. I wish we would kind of pull back a little bit from a lot of this uh but the piece is pretty conclusive that trump has been pretty tough on russia so go check that out at bongino.com it's at the show notes today uh sorry for the opening of the show you mean a lot to me i don't like to even ruin 10 minutes of the show but i was just a little <laughs> upset today. 
and uh, I don't like to hide it from you. All right, I'll see you all on Monday. Thanks a lot, folks. Appreciate it. Another great week of listens. Thank you. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at dbongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.